years back, I got a follow on Twitter. His name was Khalif Adams, and he ran a podcast called Spawn on Me. He was connected with the Gamertag radio community. I had heard his name tossed around a few times, and I figured that's probably how he had in turn heard of me. So I started looking into what he was all about. Khalif is the creator of Spawn on Me, a podcast that takes a look at video games through the prism of the black community. I started listening to Khalif at the time of major transition for Spawn on Me. He, like myself at this moment, found himself having to redefine what his content was all about after the departure of his creative partners. Not only did he succeed at that, but he took his moment to catapult himself and his content to unbelievable heights. I watched Khalif find his new footing and make great strides for himself. He became a beacon of a new way to create in the gaming media space. Khalif showed that the conversations can be bigger than the atmosphere they live in. He used his platform to speak up on issues of society and equity that mattered to him, and he did it with an unflinching eye. I've always respected Khalif, and I've been very thankful all these years that he clicked that follow button. Something so small became such a big part of my life. Khalif is one of the most mindful and purposeful people that I know. I'm happy to call him my friend, and he in return calls me fam. I'm so honored to welcome today into the spotlight, Khalif Adams of Spawn On Me. As, as I'm approaching that 100 episode milestone, eight plus years of doing this, one thing I really wanted to do is like reconnect with a lot of the people that I've met along the way, worked with along the way, wanted to talk to again. Like I feel the last couple of years I've, you know, we've, we've all typed at each other, but I had <laughs> like engaging conversation with all these people that have really helped kind of shape the, uh, the path that I've been on these last eight years. So I wanted to talk to some of you guys, just have some conversations and see how everybody's doing. No doubt. One thing that I wanted to talk to you about is you're the kind of guy that I feel like has has had a very measured journey. You've made very intentional moves. Um, you've had you've always had your eye on a goal, and I think your goal maybe moves quite a bit. But like you always know that you want to do a little bit more. You always want to push a little bit further. When you look back on that journey. Um, do you, are you satisfied with where you are? Do you, do you, mm. do you feel that like, I mean, obviously you're the kind of guy who always wants to kind of raise the bar, mm -hmm. but I think you've come a really, I mean, you've, you've got incredible accolades. You've been recognized in very public ways. You've had a lot of successes, but like, how do you feel on a personal level? Cause I feel like you're a guy who's never quite settled in. You're never quite satisfied. I, <clears throat> I am it's weird because I've never really been a person who is you would classify as like classically driven, right? I'm not one of the folks who's like, oh, I'm at my job. I'm at my job and I'm like, oh, I need to make sure I get to be a manager or I need to get to like, I'm not a ladder climber in that way. It's weird to say that out loud. Because if you look at the track run of Spawn on me so far and, and the stuff that I've been able to do, you would think that that person is exactly that kind of person, right? You'd be like, oh, that person has a lot of goals that are that are like written down and they're like checking things off a list and doing that kind of stuff. 
And weirdly, it's not like that in that way, in kind of the traditional sense. I am constantly thinking about what the next thing is. The problem is, and I use problem as in big fat air quotes, is like, <laughs> I... I want to do things in the best way. Like I, I, I really do believe in putting your best foot forward. I do really believe that if you attach your name to something, there's a level of quality that needs to come alongside that, that really exemplifies why you're doing what you're doing in a space and in an industry where, and I, and I know you, I know you could probably share this frustration. I think a lot of folks who are doing this kind of work share this frustration of seeing work that gets put out into the world that doesn't really match a really high quality level that gets millions of views and millions of eyes on it and so many yeah. people are like clamoring to say oh my god this thing is the best thing since sliced bread and then you look at it and if you have a real discerning eye and maybe it's because of the, the my age maybe it's because of the era that i grew up in maybe it's because of the way i view entertainment but like all of those things have given me a, 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 a prism of what I think great quality is. And I think that I'm striving for that. Like I'm striving for, uh, there's a fund uh, and there's a fundamental underlying uh, uh, through line through all of it. Right. Which is like, I want to make sure that the conversations are good. I want to make sure that we're having smart conversations. The problem is the industry that we currently live in and the way that social media works and the way that most content works is you don't have to be smart to be good. <laughs> you don't have to be smart to right. be successful. Right. And, and, you know, over the years, you know, cause we're, we're, we're creeping up on 10 years for, for ourselves on, on spawn on me and stuff. Like there's been phases within that, within that journey too, of like in the beginning first hundred episodes and congratulations to you, uh, you know, getting to, to 100, it's a very big number in terms of the podcasting space. Um, first hundred episodes, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. No clue, no clue what I was doing. Like make a thing, record it. Hopefully it sounds good and, and, and wind up putting it out to the world. You know, we continue to find our groove in like up to episode 250. Then we wind up splitting ways with my, my former co-hosts. Um, and that was also a really interesting inflection point that speaks to your question, which is like, sometimes you need to kind of fine tune a product or fine tune a conversation or a message so that you can um, see it live to the kind of fullest version of what it might be. And, and although it was really sad, I don't think Spawn of Me would be where it was and all those accolades that kind of came after that would have happened if you would have stayed as a team. So it winds up being one of those life, one of those kind of life lessons where you're like, how do you how do you bridge that gap and, and, and kind of do that thing? All of that to say, long, long answer to a short question um, is I'm not really satisfied. I'm hardly ever satisfied with any of the stuff I do. And that's because I've never done anything well. This is the first thing I've done well in a real way that I've spent time with, that I've honed, that I've understood, that I've learned and I've tried to figure out how to make it its best thing. Um, and once I've, once I got that little nugget of hope that made me feel like I had worth, that was a propelling factor to kind of say, oh no, we can do cool stuff here. We can build on this in a way that is, um, not just kind of a normal podcasting show. You know, it's, it's interesting. You bring up the, the split when you, when you started going solo and yeah. I started listening to you not long before that happened. 
-hmm. And I can remember being at work and listening to the show and listening to you kind of break down um, the changes that were going to be happening and and the direction that you were going to be going in and just thinking, you know, I, at, we started Mega Dads, just my brother and I, mm-hmm. um, and we went that way for a very, very long time. And then eventually we kind of opened it up and brought on a, a team. But now I find myself after all this time coming up on a milestone and my brother's not with us anymore. He's not on the team anymore. Yeah. And I remember reaching out to you and just, I didn't even know what question to ask, but yeah. I, I, I also, I, I felt like I just wanted like, Okay, if there's anybody who can understand the position that I'm in right now, feeling the way that I do right now of wanting to strive, wanting to go forward, but also recognizing that this is just fundamentally never going to be the same. Mm-hmm. How do I how do I keep going and make it something to still be proud of? And I can rem- I, I remember just zeroing in on listening to you have that conversation with yourself and with mm-hmm. your audience and thinking how brave to just to strike out and say i'm gonna i'm gonna make this mine and your voice has become just like the singular um focus of spawn on me spawn on me is you you are spawn on me and Mm -hmm. you've carried that into such a meaningful place and i'm wondering if this was always your intent to kind of have it be um a module for for your voice and your opinions and and how you feel the industry should be or if this kind of came out of that moment of like what do i do now Ooh, well it was never really the plan i mean none of this was actually none of this was planned at all <laughs> like, <laughs> to, to be super frank like no this me even doing a podcast was not even a thing in my mind you know thinking back on it almost 12 years ago with, with spot the spawn point blog is where it all kind of started with me writing and stuff like that which was also not a thing that i thought that i would do um it was a it was a it was a really sad couple of months where we weren't meeting in the middle and we weren't communicating and we weren't figuring out ways to do any of that work and i have to as the leader of the squad like i have to take a lot of that upon myself when I do the intro when I do the introspective look and say when I take this internal audit of what did I do wrong there were definitely missteps in there I am I am very much like get on the bus or not get on the bus are you coming are you coming or are you not coming right um because I because once you start to get a vision for a thing you really do start to see edges of stuff right and you're like all right how do we make this work how do we make this efficient how do we make this into something that at a certain point needs to happen so that the life of the thing can continue right and spawn on me is like yeah it's it's my baby in a lot of different ways but i think the saddest part when i think back on it even now is i wish that some of the successes that have come about since the split were shared with them because they were an integral part of getting to this space. Like I still miss the camaraderie. I still miss the getting on every, every week and 
bouncing off of each other and doing that part that part is you can't you can't do that on a solo show like even when you bring on guests because you would have to bring on guests so often or you would need regular guests to make that vibe feel like that way and and i would love to do that but it just i just don't have time mashing up nine to five work with 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 the show um but it wasn't really that that wasn't really the idea like i wanted this to be an ensemble show like i wanted this to be the one-up show you know like that show was very very foundational to me the the giant bomb crew was the thing that always drove me as a content creator to be like this is what dope podcasting can be when you have a really good set of folks together who know each other well yeah um and it just didn't really land in that way which is sad but i do think what it did was it gave me a lot of it gave me a lot of space to understand that i do have control over a thing and my and the things that i thought about my vision that sometimes would get checked by other people that i was right and you know that's not like beef that's not a like hey i don't i love those cats i think they're, they're, they're beautiful human beings and they're doing dope stuff now and we did dope stuff together but i was always trying to f- fight to figure out like is this thing that i'm pushing for the thing that we need to do and then and then when i saw that those barriers weren't there anymore in terms of having to have discussions about like which direction we wind up going in and i just had the ability to just go yeah that made the whole difference because then you can play you can play in a way that you never get a chance to play right you're like oh here's a weird thing that i want to do and i don't care if people like it you just do it and it winds up doing well right right so i think i think i think that's the kind of you know you get a chance to, to to play in different spaces you get a chance to rethink about what the main idea and refocus that idea is you get a chance to singularly hone that thing in and then you wind up getting a chance to pull in other players to stuff that you wouldn't have thought of before because you're like that person fills a gap here that person's conversation style is really good let's pull them into the conversation and bring them on the show um, and you wind up having more space to have longer form conversations when you're not balancing it out between three guests i mean three hosts and one guest right 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 so so I learned a lot <clears throat> and, and, and I know people hate this guy, but I, I, I appreciate his insights was like none of the changes would have happened without me listening to a couple of Gary V conversations, which I know people can't stay in Gary V. Um, but he had a really great moment and I think things hit for you in a very specific time. And he was like, no one's going to care about your baby as much as you're going to care about your baby. You have to raise your baby and you have to make sure that 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 when you're not in the same space with the same energy that you have to remove that energy from your surroundings to get a thing done and that was the thing that changed it like that was a very you know seminal moment for me it was like all right we got to split like i love y'all but it's not working so yeah we gotta gotta move yeah one thing that i really enjoy uh following you and seeing is you're you're a guy who invests in yourself I mean, just look behind you. Holy crap. <laughs> like you, you, well, first of all, you appreciate a polish. We've talked about like video, video stuff. And um, obviously your design work that you have done for you is just top bar. But like, look at that set. That's the <laughs> dream for, for any number of creators is to have something like that. Um, 
you know, you've got dynamic moving cameras, you've got backdrops, you've got animate, you've developed an award show. Like you are a guy who doesn't just tweak a thing, but like mm. you put polish on a thing. And that's, that's amazing. I'd like to talk about like the idea of creating a literal space for yourself. Uh, <laughs> tell me about that project. Ooh, so we, my wife and I, we were in a really small apartment when we moved to Portland. Um, and it was interesting because right around the pandemic time, uh, we were working in the same room on like this desk is the desk that we were both working on. She would take a corner. I would take a corner. We had two, two monitors that were on the sides of the desk, <laughs> shoulder to shoulder, working together at our nine to five jobs. And she gave me, then we, then we moved, and I was like, I was recording, like, when we were moving from New York to Portland, I was recording in, my, in our kitchen, like, on our dining room table. <laughs> um, she'd be, like, frying up stuff in the background, and I'm like, <laughs> um, it was wild. And then we moved to Portland, and I had a really small room, it was, like, really, really hot, and it wasn't really great. Um, and then we were looking for a new home. And I was like, I need space. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want you to have to worry about me being in your space when you want to be alone and you want to have just chill time. You don't want to hear me playing games or barking or, or talking to people and stuff. So we were very lucky when we found our home that had a really nice base, well, had, a, had a decent basement that we, that we kitted out. Um, and it wound up coming into a really interesting time when right before we joined Fanbyte. So Fanbyte, uh, great network of shows. Uh, definitely check out their stuff too. Uh, they approached me and said, "Hey, we're building out a podcast network. We think Spawn on Me would be a really great fit. We'd love to bring you on as our kind of flagship show. Um, what do you think about that?" And I was like, "That sounds really cool." And it was like, "Hey, we also want to give you some money." And I was like, "What? Okay, That's <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take some money. I'll take some money." So, so we within that contract because we're in a three year three year uh, deal with them. Um, they gave me some money and I was like, all right, cool. So I can build out the space that I want to build so that I can have a dedicated room to just making the kind of content that I want. So the interesting part is like, this is, I refer to this, this room as studio a, there's another room in the other side of the basement that will, will be studio B at some point. And it was that layer of like, I would watch other folks when they would stream or I'd watch people when they did their content. And I was like, man, that stuff looks really, really good. How do you build that kind of thing? Like we had just finished our brand, our new branding. Uh, and, and, and it just lent to so many things that I love. Like a, a red is my favorite color. We had a really good bunch of color schemes for that stuff, but the room came together really quickly. The room came together in like a weekend. Once I got all the stuff, got all the stuff like all our sound panels and all that kind of stuff you can see in the shot like all of this stuff went up in like a weekend my wife and i we were just like hey let's do it drill 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 smash 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 put everything on the walls and it looked good and then you get all the small pieces like we had the gym camera and stuff that i that i had in some shots which i need to redo and, and a bunch of that stuff so the idea was the it's nice to be able to have a space that is dedicated to it so that you don't ever have to move anything and that consistency of not having to move anything adds to the quality of your show the quality of your show then hopefully gets bigger and gets more people and eyes on it and it pulls you apart like i've had people tell me all the time 
as soon as I jump on a call, oh my god, like your shot looks really, really clean. I was like, yeah, I was like, spent a good amount of money to get the, to get to a good, clean shot, but it's worth it because now, you know, I don't have to think about it anymore. I used to move things around all the time to get like a space that was quiet or all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so it's nice to not have to do that anymore. Well, and it's really interesting because I, especially now during you know, COVID times and so many, so many outlets are doing their content from their, from their hosts homes. Yeah. And you'll, you'll watch a thing on like IGN and you'll be like, that's that dude's bed right there. Yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah, a yeah, stack, yeah. Of, that's a stack of totes and boxes. And it's, you know, it's wild. Cause it's like, that's, you know, that's what it's gotta be for right now. But like sure. when I watch you, it's like, yeah, that's like, I can remember God, I don't even know how long ago, like 10, 15 years ago, watching like G4 and they're on a set, right? Yeah, yeah, And it's yeah. like, it's like, that's an actual set. And I just think that brings like an extra level of just sharpness to the things that you do. Um, and then bouncing off of that, you've got a brand new award show that you kicked off last year. Yeah. Uh, the Spawnies, which was a huge success. Thank you. Uh, talk about the idea of wanting to do that and then tease us if you can a little bit about what you've got coming up for this year yeah so spawnies is actually just a weird weird deal so like we when sharif and, and cicero are part of the show i think one of the things that we always really loved to do was we love to just have fun with stuff that was already in the world and kind of like make it our own and morph it right the, the, the idea of the Spawnies was we were going to have really dumb uh, names for categories that would be analogs or direct connections to things that you always cared about. So like our most emotional game, the kind of best narrative game is our Snot Bubble Cry Award because that's that <laughs> thing of just like, you know, when you get little kids and they don't know how to cry right. They're just like, they're like heaving and crying at the same time. Um, and then there's other stuff that's like, you know, the Willis Reed Award, you know, Willis Reed, you big dummy, which was uh, a play on, you know, our love for the Knicks plus our love for Sanford and Son, because that would be what Red Fox would say. Yeah, da da da, you big dummy, because uh, we're old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, the award show kind of morphed once once we started to see like what could this potentially be, and I was looking at this and I was saying, well. We've, I've never done anything that's been highly produced in this way. So a thing that people don't really know about what I used to do, excuse me, during the pandemic or like right in the beginning was I got a bug for producing shows. So nonprofits were, were really coming to Twitch in a really big way. They were like, we don't, we, none of our events are going to happen anymore because of COVID. We don't know how to talk to our, our, our listener bases or our funders and our founders and we need to do events virtually how do we do it i don't remember how i got connected to these folks but i got connected to these to some awesome folks back home in new york and they had this network of all these folks that they would work with in the nonprofit space and they were like hey we don't know how to stream can you teach us how to stream and i was like i won't teach you how to stream i'll stream it for you and just pay me <laughs> uh, and they were like, huh, you can do that. And I was like, yeah, I can do all that stuff remotely. Like, all I need to do is basically, like, get you into a call, set up the scenes. You tell me what you want it to look like. We'll do all that kind of stuff. So I was producing. I produced about three or four shows really? during the pandemic. Um, we did one show that was called um, Mothers of the Movement. So it was around uh, 
mothers who had lost their children to police violence. So we had Trayvon Martin's mom. We had uh, Beyonce's mom was on that stream. Uh, we did uh, uh, Tamir Rice's mom was on that stream. And they were just sharing their thoughts about all the things that had happened, you know, since their since the loss of their child. And it was it was really interesting because we were like at a person in my ear who was in New York, who was basically running, who was a showrunner. I'm running the boards here in Portland, Oregon. We had and, and each one of those folks was in a different spot. So we had so uh, someone was in Atlanta, someone was in Tokyo, someone was in uh, um, where were they? They were like in California. So we're like coordinating all these times and all these feeds and all this kind of stuff. And it was like the first time I'd actually produced a long form show. So I was producing basically what is a podcast, but for other people. Right. And that was the thing that made me understand. I was like, oh, well, I can. This is a thing that I can do fairly well under the right parameters. And then I got to then I got to host Dice. That was transformative because that's amazing. Dice was really, really important because I got a chance to see how that show comes together from the back end uh, during that version of the show because I've hosted it twice. Uh, I basically hosted like 24 of their of their panels, uh, and it was everybody who was a big name in the gaming industry it was really fantastic. But I got to I, I love to sit in the producer's chair. I like to go hang out with the producers and it's like, well, how does that work? What what software are you working with? What are you doing? And that changed a lot of it. So I was like, all right. We have the foundations of a show. We have the bones of it. What does it look like when you want to make it real? Um, and it came together really, really well. It was like over about an eight month period of me taking like an hour or two a night <clears throat> trying to figure out what the run of the show was going to be. What do we want it to be? What was the vibe of it? And I think that was also a big part of it. Like, I think Dice is a really great award show. You know, of course, the Game Awards is kind of the standard right now, but I think even within those shows, there's a, a, a feeling that's missing because they're very, very industry focused. And I think that that's, that's important, but it doesn't have a vibe yet. It still doesn't have a, a heart in the same way that I think what we were able to do with Spawnies. And that came from a real need to say like, there's a cultural aspect to all of this that I think is missing from all these shows. And it's the reason why you kind of tap out after the first hour, right? You're like, all right, it's, I, okay, cool. The awards are coming. All right, cool. We've seen some world premiere stuff, but like it doesn't vibe. And it was, you know, lucky enough to have gone to a couple of the, the live versions of the game awards. And in the room, the thing that people don't understand is like, it's pretty quiet in that room. <clears throat> like last year, uh, luckily I was, uh, featured in the show congratulations that was amazing by the way yeah it was nuts it was wild because i because you know but you're like you know what's coming because they film you and all the stuff but then when you're in the room it's just wild because you're like you're sitting there like a little kid you're like all right is it gonna come now is it gonna happen is it gonna do it now and then you see it and it was weird because like sting performed that year and i got a bigger i got more claps than sting got which was dope that room blew up i remember watching and just (laughs) just being like that is it's wild so that gives you an idea right you're like oh crap i can give other people this feeling right but what's the things that are missing has it needs vibe needs to be fun it needs to focus on devs because that's important because i think the game awards does a good job of spectacle but i don't know if it focuses on devs as much as it needs to dice does a really good job of that but it it's not a show that most of the fans will watch right right how do we bridge those gaps between those two kinds of shows? And I think we had a really good run at it for the first one. We had almost 400,000 people watch it. 
uh, and we had what I think is the beginning of a really good nugget of like I love the music parts of the show and I love the Pictionary stuff we did to like fill out the breaks and stuff like that <laughs> so now so now the next version of it now we're in year two um, the, the, the added layers that I really haven't spoken about yet um, that I'll tell you now because uh, we're on the show um, so we're changing a couple of things that, that we didn't get a chance to do last year. Rihanna is going to come back as, as, as my co-host because I love her. She's brilliant. She's fantastic. Um, but last year, the hardest part was getting the winners together. Game Awards, DICE, they all have councils of people who are industry-wide and they come together. They vote on the games. We didn't have that because it's a solo, basically, run show. It was Rihanna and myself being like, that one wins, that one wins, that one wins, because it's like stuff that we had gotten a chance to play. Yeah. This year, we're opening that up to fan voting. So that means everybody on the internet will be able to vote, which is going to be nuts. So you're going to be able to vote for nominees, and then you're going to be able to vote for the winners of the the nominations that the, the internet picked. So... Fingers crossed that stuff goes well. We'll be doing it on Twitter. We'll be doing it on on our website. You'll be able to vote on Twitch itself. We'll, we're building an extension that you'll have pop up on the side of your screen uh, if we give you access to it, and you'll be able to like literally vote for which games you want to be in each category, and then after that period is done, which games you want to win those categories, and then in January of 2023, that's when the when the show will will go live again. We thought it was really important. To, to, to bring in good energy into Black History Month. Um, and it worked really well last year with us kind of moving towards the end of, 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 of that year. I'm sorry, the beginning of the next year. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for it. I'm, I'm pulling out what, what last pieces of hair I have because uh, it takes <laughs> a long time to get things together and getting, you know, getting that vision together to like make it happen is really yeah. hard. Um, but I'm excited about opening up for fan voting. I'm just hoping that people engage with it and actually vote, you know, and, and, and do that part. So we'll see. I don't, uh, think, I don't think you have much to worry about. <laughs> I'm hoping. I hope people do it because I think that's that's the that was the missing chunk from last year that made it feel. Um, I'm not going to say like we cheated because you can't cheat, but it wasn't like, hey, I'm going to vote for my friends. Um, it wasn't that, but it was like. Right we just don't you don't have enough time to play everything so it's not fair it's more fair to say let all of you tell me what the games are going to be and then that sure. way we can say that, you, that this is a reflection of the audience which i think is more important for for that kind of stuff so you you talked a lot about um vision you've talked a lot about representing heart and culture and vibe yep. lots of good natured things lots of well thought out things are you a person for that? A lot of things, sure, <laughs> just a yeah. lot of things. Are you a person that stresses? Because you exude like a like a like a very even tone, right? Like yeah. you, you seem like a very measured individual. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm a person that is always like just day to day figuring out what I'm going to be doing day to day, and I yeah. and I just I get myself so stressed out. And uh, I've, I've tried, I'm trying to work on kind of balancing out a little bit more, but you seem like a guy with as much as you have on your plate, you're not really letting it get to you. Is that, is that just the face you're putting on or like, do you have moments of serious stress? Uh, 
I'm pretty even keel. Like, I think the you thing that is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I stress out from time to time, but it's not ever like what's going to. Like, I, I don't worry about what's going to happen. That's the part that's really interesting. I get disappointed huh. when my when things don't reach a level that I hope that they reach. I like the thing I tell people all the time is like, don't ever promise me anything. Because I will I will believe you. Like I'm a person who who takes people at their word. I am not a person who goes into situations or goes into relationships or friendships or meeting people with expectations. I just don't have expectations of people. I will like you will tell me what you need to tell me. You will show me who you are. You will give me that that information that I need to make myself have an understanding of what I need to do and how I need to maneuver. And you know, if it turns out to be great, it turns out to be great. If it turns out to not be great, then it's it was it is what it is. Yeah. I think the universe is really interesting in that way. This this is where it gets into the existential parts of the of the conversation, right? It's like I was sitting on the couch with my wife and we were talking about we were watching something and we were you know under the influence of, of something <laughs> um, and um we were sitting there and we were like yeah like we go back to that conversation all the time of like we are two human beings who are sitting on a rock floating in space we are two human beings who are floating on a rock in space most of the stuff that i stress about doesn't matter most of the things that are that that, that get you know, blasted on the internet and people uh, fuss about and people argue about and all this kind of stuff. It doesn't really matter. Like that stuff to me is the stuff that I always think about is like, what is the crux of what we're doing here? And it makes me more anxious than anything. I don't get frustrated. I don't get uh, stressed out. I get frustrated because I feel like we're wasting time. Yeah. That part is the thing that I that, that 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 bothers me the most. It's like I don't feel like I have time to waste, and I think that's the reason why. You know, even going back to your first question, that's where the thrust of a lot of stuff comes from. It doesn't, and it's funny because it doesn't manifest itself in different ways. Do I take care of my body? No. <laughs> do I do I exercise? <laughs> do I eat right? No. Right, but I'm like, I will make sure that podcast sounds good. I'll make sure that this video looks good. I'll make sure this award show does what it does because it does that thing. But it's like, it's a matter of like, so what are you going to do with the time you have here? How are you going to treat people? How are you going to manifest that energy? And I learned a lot. Like I remember in a in a really interesting part of the you know span of Spawn on Me, I was stressed out because I was letting the the external stuff that was around tell me how to feel about things and i remember going to couples therapy with my wife we were going we were going through a rough spot um for a couple of years and the therapist gave us a sticky note and the sticky note we had the same phrase on it for each one that they gave it uh, gave to us and it said you chose this and that and that has stayed with me that mantra of you chose this Everything that is in the mix for me now, as much as I do with a nine to five job, trying to be a good husband, trying to be a steward of the industry, trying to be a person who's driving to do other stuff. Whenever I get sad, mad or upset, I look at that piece of paper or I think about that phrase and I'm like, you chose this every day. You decide to wake up. You don't ever have to do another Swan of Me episode ever again. You can stop tomorrow. 
and I can, I can just be like, Hey everybody, I'm done. And there's nothing that can there's nothing else that can come from that besides me having that thrust of that ownership of, and that autonomy and that willing to be like, I am in control of what I am in control of. There are so many things I can't control. I'm not going to fuss about those things. I'm not going to stress about those things. Those are out of my control. Things that are in my control, I am choosing those things every day to do. And that was life-changing. That was very, very much a life-affirming thing because I feel like a lot of folks now, and and it's a frustration I have, especially when I see it on social, everyone is like, all of these things are things that I can't fix. They are not things that I have control over. And I'm like, you might have more control than you think you do. And if you exact that control and you really pay attention to what you can control, a lot of the stresses and this lot of the stuff that's in that mix, you can choose to remove some of that stuff out of your life, right? So I, I think that's also been a really just like helpful thing to me. Is like I, I worry, like I, I was worried about the Spawnies the other day. I was like, oh crap, it's almost November. I mean, it's almost uh, September. Holy crap, we're like running out of time to do stuff. And I was like, oh no, there's things I can actually do to like get things done. And I felt better. So it's it's a little bit of, you know, self-affirmation stuff. It's a little bit of understanding my place in the universe. It's a little bit of understanding like how to maneuver. And and I hope things go well and people enjoy it. But so so much of that is out of my control that I can't I can't be mad at. I I think the thing now that I'm wrapping up these conversations that I've been having with folks like you and Victor Lucas, and I talked to Danny yesterday. Yeah. And um, one thing that I think I've learned, and I've been trying to soak in everything people have been telling me like a sponge, is I am a fucking wreck of a human being. <laughs> you, so many, so many, so many of you guys have such wonderfully insightful takes on not only what we do as you know what our common interests are and what we're doing commonly but just like views on life and what you put into the world and i know you specifically talk a lot about things that you put out into the world and and you try to teach people things i think um and i just i cannot express how grateful i am to have folks like you even if it's tangentially in in my life like Mm -hmm. i Whereas, whereas friends as I can be with friends, people right now, you know, sure, 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 <laughs> um, sure. and I, I just really appreciate all of the things that folks like you have shared with me because I'm going to take that and I'm going to take that into my everyday life. Um, I've been working really hard. It's something that's come up time and time and time again with these conversations is I've, yeah. I, I feel like people are really being, um, intentional with the energy that they bring into their life. Yes. And the energy and the energy that they're putting out. And I think I have failed at that for so many years. For so long I did not get it about how what you put out is such a reflection of what people think of you. Mm-hmm. And and not just what they think of you, but like who you actually are. I think it's so self it's like a self-fulfilling kind of thing where is if you put bad energy out, that bad energy is gonna eat away at you. And, oh my gosh. And yeah. I have <sighs> I have been trying so hard lately to just think about the kind of energy that I want people to identify with me. Yeah. For a long yeah. for a long time I think I was the hot take guy. I think I was uh, I think I was, you know, chirpy on Twitter and, and it just it was just bullshit. It was just there was no reason for it and all it did was to 
make me uh, feel a little edgier, a little darker. And yeah. I've been having these conversations with folks like you, and it makes me feel that this year, the progress that I've been making and the work that I've been doing on myself, I think I think I'm going in the right direction because I think you guys have been echoing a lot of the things that I've been hoping I've been striving for. Well, I mean, and and uh, I don't want you to be as harsh on yourself as you as it may sound like you are being to yourself. At least that's the way I'm, I'm you know, f filtering that in. Mm -hmm. I think you do fantastic work. Mega Dads has been in my rotation for a very long time. I think you all do some of the best work on the internet. I think you're all really smart in the way you tackle it. Extremely fun. I love the vibe that 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 that, that you have, and I love the idea of you know how you've all built this thing from the ground up and that's the thing i love like i love to see people when they're striving i love to see when people are really honing in on a message and honing in on on a craft and you know as a person who has also been watching your career while you've been doing this work it has been so nice to have those behind the scene conversations with you about all of the ways that all of this works and to continue to see you all grow and now hit this wonderful milestone. I'm, 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 I'm proud of the team. It makes me really excited to see how far you'll go from here. And it also just makes me really happy to know that, that, that you're finding good ways to make the work that you wanna make and the content that you wanna make. I think, you're, I think the energy you bring to the space is really, really, really nice in the way that it comes across i don't i've never really thought of you as like the hot take guy <laughs> but I, but i but i also think that there's a level there and i think you nailed it right is like i i've learned over the god knows how many years like i've been on twitter for like 14 years um is that and i remember this because it was a there was a part of the spawn on me life lifespan where we had just pulled in someone and the energy was just wrong and, and that energy was like a big cloud and that cloud was just hanging over me and was hanging over the team and stuff and I was like I don't have to match the energy that's in the room right now I don't I can choose again it's the, like you chose this I can choose to reflect that energy or I can choose to convey the energy that I want to be in this space and continue to do that in the way that I present myself externally, which I think is is really important too, because I think it works in your it works to your benefit and to your detriment too, right? Where people are like, Kali, but you're so nice. And I was like, sometimes <laughs> I was like, you I was like, you know, I can be a petty mofo when I want to be petty. Uh I, I used to hold grudges like really bad. I used to be a person who was very very much the glass is not even half empty it's broken like yeah. I was that person for a long time and I was like well you know who does that serve does that serve me in any real form or fashion does it make me feel good does it make me feel better about the world in a world that is consistently and constantly trying to double down on negativity and now that the conversation around positive uh, um uh toxic positivity has come into the space it has even truncated down how much you can share without people being like well, why are you so happy <laughs> right which yeah. is also a wild thing right um so i think it, the the detriment to all of that is like people will prescribe an idea about you to you and around you that is not exactly what it is
and that is the thing that drives that conversation too is like if you meet me in the street for the first time well you meet me at a convention and you've listened to the show once or twice and you're like hey that guy seems pretty nice like i'm no different than the person that you hear every week i am the same person i will tell it to you straight you ask me a, an honest question i'll give you an honest answer because i don't have anything to lose i think that's a part of it we've been having this really interesting conversation in the house about scarcity and the scarcity mindset of like if i feel like i'm losing things all the time then i need to hoard everything as much as i can and i just don't believe in that everyone i am here because of everyone who has opened a door for me everyone who has held my hand literally and walked me through a door to go meet a person to say hello to a person to do any of that stuff and this life is short i think about that all the time of like besides the life is short and we sitting on a planet and, and, and blah 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 in space like 20 years from now no one's gonna remember what small me was i doubt it you know what i mean like we move too fast as humans yeah. to, to give a sh to give a shit and to a certain extent like there is just so much stuff that happens that hits at a certain level that even some of the folks that we know right now are the biggest names on the planet mr beast 40 years from now no one's gonna care about mr beast literally no one's gonna care so it's like that stuff is why i'm like this is all gravy you know i've, I've come from a, 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 a not great background in terms of my home life like my parents were drug addicted you know i didn't think i was gonna make it to the age of 25 living in the bronx when in the in the crack era like all that kind of stuff was happening around me i'm now i'll be what in a couple more days i'll be 44 you know so i'm like all this stuff is gravy at this point i get to i get to live pretty well semi-successful at what i do <laughs> <laughs> Come on, <laughs> I, but that's the way I look at it, though. I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm always shooting for more. Like, I want to, I want to, I want Oprah to say what's up. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. But I think all of that to say is like, yeah, I think all of those parts together is like, you wind up finding out who you who you are as a human being, and then you reflect that back out into the world. And we're all all in flux. Like, we're all changing. We're, we should all have the ability to change and learn about ourselves and work through that with our audiences and with the people that we care about and the people that that, that hopefully understand who we are as, as, as real human beings and, and not just the folks who make content. Well, as unsatisfied as you may be with your current space <laughs> and as, as, as much as you want more and more and to grow and to be a better person, take a little bit of solace in knowing that this is gonna be the highlight of my day. So oh. you, you've put some good energy into the world today. I, I feel good. I, I'm very lucky and, and, and happy to to know you. Um, thank you very much for having me on this show. It's just been great to be able to see you all continue to make so much dope content on the space and, and, and be really great at it. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me and continue to rock on with all the dope stuff you have in store for all of us at home. I consider you to be a good friend and Same. I'm really hoping that next year when the world is just a little bit more balanced. I got a little more money in my pocket that I can get out to some of these shows and see you guys and do some great things with you because I just I just want to be amongst people that exude good energy in a similar space like you do. So greatly appreciate your time. Dinner is on me, my friend. Next time you roll <laughs> out, I got you. We'll, we'll, right. we'll, make, we'll make it a, a, a really fun time. So I can't wait for that myself. <laughs>